Welcome to the Sales Influence Podcast, where we talk about finding the why in how people buy. I'm your host, Victor Antonio. Thank you for joining me again. Today, uh, I'm going to take on an email. I got this one off my YouTube channel. Uh, If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, you should. But anyway, I got this question from a person who goes by the handle, I was Rethor. Yes, I'm not making that up. I was, I-W-A-S, space, re-R-I, Thor, as in Thor, the thunder god. I was re-Thor. I'm just going to call you Thor. Thor has a question, and it goes like this. Now, by the way, if you're one of these, you're in a situation where you have to provide bids or proposals, and you're in that situation where you're in a price bake-off. You know, they look for pricing, the top three, and they judge based on pricing. You want to pay attention to this podcast. This is a good one. So anyway, Thor says, one of my best clients recently went through a major cleanup in upper management. Their purchasing department changed as well. Never a good thing when the purchasing department changes and you already had great relationships within that department. So that's the big problem already. My question is, according to their policy, they have to get three quotes from three different companies. This is not rare. This happens a lot for the same product, obviously. The thing is, we always get the first call because they know that we are the fastest one there when it comes to receiving quotes. What always happens is they call us to get the quote, ask someone else probably, show them the price, and the latter usually gets the sale. In other words, somebody else showed them the price, they probably got the sale. He clarifies further. He drops his price, I'm assuming his competitor, a bit, but he still has to make some money, right? It's for the same product from the same supplier, so he'll probably bump up his price on freight or do something to make it worthwhile. Now again, I don't know if he's talking about the purchasing person or his competitor. But again, we'll answer both of these. In closing, he says, I've been watching your videos for a while, good stuff, but the thing is, what you seem to be talking about is selling one-on-one, more personal kind of way. With big companies, Joe Bob, I love that already, good Southern reference, Joe Bob just wants his boss to know he got the lowest price, and for them, it seems that the lowest face value price is the best. Now, there's a lot of things in this statement. And again, I'm going to have to guess on something, store because you didn't make it clear. But let's go through it slowly. This is really good. Okay, so one, you had changes in the purchasing department. By the way, the biggest lesson to learn from this is that if you have had only one relationship within that department, that was your mistake. What I've learned in my years of selling is that you got to have multiple relationships within a simple department, in a single department. So for example, if I'm dealing with a purchasing department, I just don't deal with one person. Let's say they have five people working in purchasing. Well, I try to get to know all five people within purchasing, get on a friendly basis with them, if you know what I mean. In other words, once in a while, I'll take them out for a cup of coffee, buy them lunch, whatever it may be, but just get to know everybody. So when a change does happen, there's still somebody in there who knows me and I know them. And then you say, my question is that these companies have a policy where they have to get three quotes from three different companies or three different vendors. Understand that's what happens. Now, most of these companies, when they do this, they're really just looking at price. Part of their policy is to go for the lowest price, but not always, not always. Now, here's something that you put, Thor, that I thought was interesting. You said... You know, they always come to us first because they know we're the fastest one to get the quote there. 
Well, my question to you is, why are you the fastest one? And if you, especially if you know that they're going to use the price against you. I'll come back to that in just a bit. Uh, then you talk about how they may drop their price a bit. And again, I don't know if you're talking about your competitor or you know somebody else. Um, but you also talk about they're going to probably add some freight uh, you know, to make it worth their while. I have no idea what you mean by that. I'm assuming you're thinking that the, that the actual buyer is actually jacking up the price. In other words, they get you to lower the price, then they'll turn around and add some, I guess, profit margin down there before reselling it. That may happen. But bottom line is this. Let's get to the key points here. One, the department has changed. Hopefully, you still have great relationships, right? Number two, you have to provide pricing. Now, my question to you is, instead of just providing pricing, and again, I don't know enough, you know, is there any way to hand deliver the pricing? Is there any way to hand deliver the pricing? Or at least get the person on the phone and then send them the email with the pricing and go through it. Now, here's why this is important. If I can meet with the person, I can explain beyond pricing, what's the real value? If I have them on the phone and I send them the email, I can walk them through what we offer. See, you didn't talk to me about, you know, if you have any differentiation. See, I don't know what you sell. You know, Thor sell at a disadvantage. Is it a commodity product? Is it a non-commodity product? You know, what are your differentiators? I don't know. But I'm going to assume that you have some differentiators. If you do, then I want to hand deliver that thing. I want to hand deliver that bid or I want to talk to that person on the phone so they understand that beyond price, they, that we have real value. Because even when a company tells you it's about price, look, in 10 to maybe 15% of the cases, you're right. It is about price, and there's nothing you could really do. But I believe in the other, let's say, 85 to 90% of the situations you're in, it's not about price, and sometimes they don't want to go with the lowest bid. Remember, in my past podcasts, I always talk about, look, People look at pricing and they look at options. And when there's three options, they usually like to go with the one in the middle because it's always the safest. So maybe if you can get them on the phone or hand deliver that quote, you can really talk to them about the value. Now, here's another tip. And I used to have to deal with this a lot. And what I've learned is that purchasing people really only focus on price. So Again, since I don't know what you're selling, I'm going to have to assume certain things. What I would assume is that there's somebody else in the corporation, in that company, who is in charge of, let's say, a business unit. In other words, I am selling a product into this company, and somewhere there's a product manager or a director or a VP who runs that business unit who's going to use my products. So I don't want to just talk to purchasing. I want to talk to, as you call them, Billy Bob. You know, and I want and Billy Bob runs that profit center, runs that division. In other words, he's in charge of taking your product and integrating into some other product. And so what I want to do is I want to talk to the leader of the business unit, not just purchasing. I want to talk to the leader of the business unit. In other words, who is going to use this product? That's the person I really want to talk to because that is the person that can look beyond price. For example, let's say you're selling, I don't know, a plastic O-ring, right? Just a ring, right? A plastic ring that goes into some piece of machinery. Now, purchasing will want the cheapest price on that ring. They'll just say, give me the cheapest price on that ring. But what I want to do is I want to talk to the person who's going to put it in the machine and is responsible for the service and maintenance of that machine because that business unit leader 
can look beyond price. If I can sell them the value of my ring over somebody else's, even though it costs a few pennies more, that business leader is going to say, you know what, let's pay the extra, let's go with that one. So again, the key here is you don't want to get into what they call the pricing bake-off, right? Where you just give me three prices and then whoever gets the lowest gets the deal. So you want to find the business unit leader. Here's another piece of advice. I need you to figure out how much time and effort are you spending quoting? How much time and effort are you spending quoting and not winning any deals? Because maybe, Thor, one of the things you might have to do is qualify the deal over the phone and just simply refuse to quote. In other words, you get the call or the email and the person says, we want you to submit a quote. You should follow up with a phone call, talk to the person, says, what are we submitting for? And if you've already made up your mind, you know, what are the, you know who's bidding, are you really going to look at us or are, do you just want price? And I've asked customers this in the past. Look, I'll submit a bid, but I need to know, am I just submitting a bid or am I going to be really considered beyond my price? I can ask that question. Now, if the same customer keeps coming back to me for quotes and never buys, that's another indication I don't want to quote anymore. And Thor, we have that power. As salespeople, we have the power to say, you know what? I'm not going to bid because all I do is bid, 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 but I never get considered and I never win any deals. And you could be this direct with a company who always just wants bids from you. So again, qualify who you're talking to. Go beyond purchasing. Find the business unit leader. Don't be afraid to do a no bid. But most importantly, if you can hand deliver or get them on, on the phone, send them the email, walk them through the bid, let them know your value, you're in a much better position to sell on value and not on price. My man, Thor. Anyway, that's it for this Sales Influence Podcast. I hope that was helpful. Don't forget to leave me some feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or YouTube. Let me know what you think. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, check out my new online sales training platform called the Sales Mastery Academy. 24 courses, 300 plus videos. Come on, you know the deal. It's a great program. If you're serious about increasing your sales ability, go to salesmasteryacademy.us. Salesmasteryacademy.us. Lastly, I want to thank you for listening. This is Victor Antonio, always reminding you, selling ain't hard when you know how. Take care. Hi, I'm Victor Antonio. I'm an author, sales trainer, and keynote speaker. I'm often asked, what makes a great speaker? Is it someone who delivers real content that the audience can use? Is it someone who engages the audience so they're part of the learning experience? Or is it someone who can motivate an audience to push them beyond their comfort zone and discover new abilities? The answer is yes. But the most important thing to remember is that I'm not there to look good. I'm there to make my client look good. Simply put, it's never about me and it's always about them.